What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. They are the hosts. They are the ones that are in charge, and they are at the helm steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters and through this storm that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you here. Like I said, don't worry about the storm. Don't worry about the swells and the large waves, because at the end of the day, if you give 100% surrender over to God and Christ, he will steer your personal vessel into a safe harbor and give you peace and refuge. So again, Bible does say at least 360 to 365 times, depending on the version, that you may or may not have. Fear not. And that's indeed what we will do. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is Monday, September 19th, 2022. It is a beautiful Monday afternoon here in West Michigan. Not sure where it is like in your neck of the woods, but wherever you are at in the world, I hope it's a great morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you're at. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm still dealing with a little bit of a throat thing, a little, you know, still dealing with a little dryness in my throat, but uh, we're going to still continue to forge ahead here. Now, today we're going to be reading out of uh, Psalm chapter 22 um, here on 1% with him at his heart line. Wanted to go over a few things though. <clears throat> it's been kind of a nutty, kind of a nutty news cycle lately and i was just kind of scrolling through the gateway pundit just out of curiosity to see what's out there because i hardly really listen to many podcasts these days um i don't really listen to the mainstream news today out of you know just randomly i threw on sirius xm uh the patriot 125 channel i usually will only listen to andrew wilkow sometimes uh Breitbart, but it just depends on who's hosting. But uh, I like Andrew Wilkow on uh, the, you know, the Wilkow majority. But I decided to scroll a little bit on the Gateway Pundit to see kind of what's going on out there. And I tell you what, that when I read through, through some of these headlines, it really just, well, it just makes me sigh, really. I mean, so here's one headline, you know, clown show. Biden's car gets stuck in London traffic on the way to the King's Banquet. I guess there is videos um, out there of the Brits laughing at Biden. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's a little funny. <laughs> um, so there's that. That for some reason that's at the top of the you know news stories. I guess this is still developing, but there was a 7.68 earthquake that hit off the coast of central Mexico, and there were tsunami warnings that were issued. Uh, then you got Mike Lindell fighting back. He's planning on suing the FBI. He claims that his first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights were broken. Let's see what else we got here. 
Just kind of looking. Oh, this is interesting, too. I wish I had the sound clip for this. There is a video, but I can't, you know, the way I have my sound set up, I can't play video from, you know, directly from the computer. But apparently there is a seemingly a drunk Justin Trudeau that's shown in a video <laughs> singing to spectators while in London to attend the Queen's funeral. <laughs> okay. That's a little odd. Um yeah, you know, and I'm just, as I scroll through this, this is just one joke after another. Here's something that's not really quite a joke. Here we go. Pilot of a Boeing aircraft suddenly dies during a flight from, uh, let's see, I, let's see if I can mispronounce this city, from Novokuznetsky to St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm sure that pilot passing away has nothing at all to do with the COVID shot. Nothing at all. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm sure it was just natural causes considering pilots go through the most intense and most rigorous physicals that, you know, anybody in the commercial um, industry goes through. I mean, even more than truck drivers, I think they got to go through a physical every six months. Whereas if you're a truck driver, you know, hauling, you know, like for me, for example, who hauls fuel, assuming you don't have diabetes or any type of, you know, sleep apnea, which requires you to go once every six months to a year, the standard healthy, you know, truck driver, which that almost kind of sounds oxymoron like, because there's a lot of unhealthy truck drivers, but you know, the standard truck driver typically only needs their physical every two years, you know, to get their DOT medical card so they can operate a, a commercial vehicle on interstate um, highway. So pilots go through a very extenuating and a very and just insane um, DOT physical, if you will, every six months. So, I mean, they're typically pretty healthy. So the fact that this pilot of a Boeing aircraft, by the way, which is a very big plane, it's not a Cessna, it's, you know, big airliner that dies during the middle of a flight. I'm sorry, but that's definitely, you know, without really getting too much in the weeds in this, I can almost speculate without even clicking on this story, that it's probably COVID, uh, you know, shot related. Because that seems to be the general gist with everybody else out there, all these healthy athletes that are just dropping dead, you know, these people, these are, these are shot recipients, and now they're going to be recipients of a six-foot grave. I tell you, I'm not even going to continue to read these headlines. I just kind of was curious to see what else is here. Well, here's one more. This is so stupid, too. Now, again, Biden's not the president, just FYI. Okay, I'm not, I don't know how many times I got to reiterate this, but, you know, apparently Biden was on a 60, was it 60 Minutes? I think this was uh, the interview from. But, you know, he talks about how, you know, he, he basically downplays the inflation percentage, which is 8.2%, which is the highest it's been in 40 years. And he completely downplays it. I mean, he, he, he's. He's basically out to destroy the middle class, at least whatever he feels like he can, you know, accomplish. I, I don't know what really he can do, but he's definitely trying to do a good job of killing the middle class. There's no doubt. So, you know, these are just some of the things that, you know, I just kind of scroll through here to see what's going on in the news world. Like I said, I try not to put too much stock in what's in the Gateway Pundit or, you know, Fox or anything like that. But, you know, every once in a while, I like to just kind of scroll through the quick top headlines just to see what the hell's going on out there, you know, just. There's just so many goofy stuff out there. But anyway, so, yeah, just it's such stupid stuff going on out there. So anyway, let's get to something that's not so stupid. We're going to get into Psalm chapter 22. This is out of the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Far from my help are the words of my groaning. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel, and you are fathers entrusted. They trusted, and you rescued them. To you they cried out, and they fled to safety. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a person, a disgraceful, excuse me, a disgrace of mankind and despised by the people. All who see me deride me. They sneer, they shake their head saying, turn him over to the Lord, let him save him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, and you have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not f- be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no help, no one to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open their mouths wide at me as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a piece of pottery, and my tongue clings to my jaws. And you lay me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers have encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, do not be far away. You who are my help, hurry to my assistance. Save my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild ox, and you answer me. I will proclaim your name to the holy or to the brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard, From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom of the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. And those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. A posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has performed it. And that is Psalm chapter 22, verses 1 through 31. So what does uh, chapter 22 mean? Excuse me, I'm just going to put this on mute for a second. Hold on. All right, I did not, that was going to be a loud cough. Did not want that being in anybody's ear. So what does, you know, Psalm 22 mean? <clears throat> well, the descriptions in this particular psalm indicates a painful execution. Something that David did not suffer. And this implies that the... Uh, terminology used here is symbolic of David's feelings. And at the same time, it serves as a uh, prophetic explanation of what would happen to the promised one. And so these events would be fulfilled in the crucifixion of Jesus, 
who will reference this text from the cross. Now, this passage opens with a statement of pain and suffering, commonly expressed by those who are suffering. And in essence, you know, this is the cry of someone asking, where are you, God? Where are you? And that's a natural reaction to hardship. And we see this in other places, you know, throughout Scripture, like in Habakkuk, you know, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And as in other places in Scripture, the eventual answer is always proven to be the same. God is there. He is in control. And there is hope. That's why, like, we think about what today, everything that's going on, you know, you get so many people, they're getting so, so many people getting discouraged. They're getting filled with despair. You know, we need to keep in mind that things may not happen in our time frame. It's always in God's time frame. What's that old saying? God may be late, but he's always on time. You know, we need to really remember that. God's always in control. He's always there. And so David immediately shifts to an expression of confidence in the Lord. And so the Bible defines faith as a trust based on experience. And I know we're not reading Hebrews, but Hebrews chapter 11, for instance, noted that God's work in the lives of others is the basis of our trust in his promise and his promises. And so even in what seems like a hopeless moment, David is confident that God is still in control. Of course he is. And so after expressing confidence, David then returns to describe the depths of his pain. And so this includes freezing, comparing the attacks of his enemies to those of dogs, lions, and wild oxen. You know, the suffering one is depicted as uh, emaciated, naked, humiliated, mocked, and battered. Completely abused. And so despite skeptical claims, the most reliable manuscripts of this of these verses make it very clear that this person is pierced, further supporting this as a, you know, messianic prophecy. Now as we look at the last verse of this particular psalm, the psalm shifts to a hopeful tone. And so David anticipates that he will be delivered one way or another, he will be delivered from that situation. And he expects at that time to give God praise in a public setting. And so the imagery of these final verses is also very prophetic. And it it looks ahead to the time when Christ will reign over the earth and all of Israel will be reconciled to God. Wait a minute, Jason. What, What did you just say? It looks ahead to the time when Christ will reign over the earth and all Israel will be reconciled to God. Yeah. And so it's interesting to note that Jesus referred to the first words of this psalm during the crucifixion that you can see from Matthew 27, 46, and also echoed the last words of this particular psalm at the moment of his death. 
both Psalm 22 and Jesus' suffering on that cross ended with an expression of accomplishment and finality. Absolutely. But one thing I got to make sure that I go back to, we have to remember that, you know, I keep hearing, you know, with this whole inflation of the 8.2%, people are paying so much more in their grocery bills. Their fuel bill is still high for their vehicles. I see it all the time in these gas stations as I go in and out of these gas stations. People are getting meaner and more testy. They're getting more, uh, it almost seems like an entitlement. And, you know, quite frankly, it makes someone who's in the people business working with the public not even want to work in, with the public anymore. And that's kind of a problem because as people's entitlement and their grumpiness and their pissiness continues to increase, excuse my language, but you're going to get more and more people not wanting to work in the people business. Therefore, we're not going to have, we're not going to have people that are going to want to continue working in the people business. Well, what do you mean, Jason? Well, what I mean is if you enjoy the benefits of going out to eat on a Friday night, so you don't have to cook, you're going to have less people working in the restaurants. Maybe not so much cooks, but you're going to have less servers and therefore you're going to be waiting a longer period of time because there's less servers than can meet the demand of the people coming into the restaurant. I notice it when I drive down the highways, like I was just texting my wife today and when I was at my second stop today delivering in Grand Rapids, she texted me saying, you know, what, uh, how's your day? I said, my day's good. I said, but people are crazy. She goes, what do you mean? What happened? I said, nothing really happened. So, but people are just freaking nuts. I see it in their driving habits. There's so much more road rage I, I, I see take place before my eyes on the highways. God bless those who work in construction on the roads and that are police officers working these highways. I wouldn't want to deal with the public. Screw that. I'm just glad part of the limited, you know, encounter that I have with the public is very, very minimal. But, excuse me, but the thing is, is that, you know, people are seeing and experiencing and witnessing more and more of their personal storms. They're feeling like their wages can't keep up with, with, you know, inflation. And maybe that's part and parcel of why people are getting angry or I don't know. But at the end of the day, there's definitely something going on, and it definitely is far beyond financial woes that is creating a an angrier public. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's like a mass brainwashing that's going on, you know, because everybody's got their face tied to their stupid smartphones and Netflix and Facebook, God knows whatever else. And you better bet that the CIA and other people that are up there that have dealt with MK Ultra, you know, they have these, you know, they have all these types of social media and, and programs on Netflix. They all have it 
you know, situationally, you know, programmed to, to, to help brainwash the masses. So maybe there's part and parcel of that has something to do with it. I don't know. I'm not in the CIA. I'm not an expert on MK ultra, but you know, in the very little that I've read and researched, you know, that's, it's, that's, that's a very real thing. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people are dealing with these issues. People are dealing with money issues. You know, rent is increasing, you know, mortgages, the rates are about to go higher. I guess what? I guess the Fed, Jerome Powell was saying that if, you know, I think the next Fed rate hike, I think they're talking about another 0.75 basis points. If he does that, that'll be the third time in a row and it's going to keep going up. I mean, like Trump said, the Fed at this point has no, no choice. They have to, you know, the dollar is collapsing. And yeah, raccoon, I'm just reading the uh, thing just now on the uh, chat board. You know, Raccoon 6 is very right. You know, the age of entitlements is really about to end. It has to. People need to stop riding on the coattails of other people. People need to start taking accountability for their own actions. This is one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of Scott on Bards FM because he, you know, when he talks about his, his, you know, uh, his, I think, what are they called? The seven pillars, county by county initiative. You know, it, it, he goes very, he discusses very heavily and, and people having to take accountability for their own actions. And I could not agree more. People need to start not only getting involved in their kids' lives more by homeschooling and getting home churches and things like that. Like my wife, she, she homeschools. We tried doing a home church, but you know, it, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe we just didn't, uh, you know, pursue it the right way, you know, cause other people just started falling off to the wayside. Maybe it was just laziness from other people. I don't know, but you know, I never thought in a million years of ever starting a garden until, like I said, listening to that podcast. And I, for the first time this year, started a garden. And quite frankly, it was a pretty successful garden. I mean, granted, if we had to rely on the garden that we put together to live off through the winter, we'd die if we didn't hunt. But the point is, is we're starting to slowly take steps in the Jones household to start taking accountability for other areas of our life outside of just making an income and paying for bills. And so back to the entitlement thing, people need to start getting off the government's tit, if you will. They got to get off the government's dole and start providing for their own, you know, for their own lives, for their own selves. No more entitlements. Get out and start working. Look, I don't care. There's people that are disabled that make very, very good livings, better livings than me. Okay, you just got to use your mind and put your imagination to, to work. Because anybody can do anything. It's just a matter of what kind of will do you have within you. And the same thing goes with our local governance. You know, we were always meant to be a self-governed body of, you know, people. We were never meant to have a tyranny or a king or a monarch over us. That's why, you know, some of the people left Britain and came, came here to America. We got to stop riding on the coattails of government. We got to stop riding on the coattails of, you know, our fellow brothers and sisters. And we got to start taking accountability for our, for our own lives. And so when people you know, go through struggling times and they say, well, God, where are you? Well, God never left. You just, you just weren't really turning and leaning into him during your times of trouble. And also you're not really trusting in him that he is going to get your back. See, this is why I always open the show every time I do this. God is steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life through the storm. But if you put over 100% of your life 
and trust God with your life, he will steer your personal vessel into that safe harbor and give you refuge. But again, that takes a lot of trust and faith, as well as a little bit of your own sweat equity. You know, listen, I'm sure you've heard that old saying, God help them who help themselves first. You got to help yourself. You got to participate in your own rescue. If you're not willing to be a participant in your own rescue, then what the hell are you doing? So anyway, it's really all I got for the evening. I do want to uh, do want to say a little prayer here, real quick, because, like I said, I'm still trying to nurse my voice back. But uh, let's see, reading real quick. Uh, Raccoon also was saying, any any time you have a person overseeing the things being done and directing individuals, it's a form of government. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That it is. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, I tell you, we, we just, we live really in a really weird, weird time. I tell you, somebody yesterday, I was at an assembly meeting yesterday, and as we were walking in, uh, in the building to, you know, attend our meeting, um, one of the ladies that attends the meeting, she, I told her, I said, man, I said, how, how are you? She goes, oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. How about you? I'm like, well, I'm living a dream. She goes, yeah, even if the dream's kind of a nightmare, I said, yeah, I guess. She goes, yeah, I'm just ready for the channel to be turned. She goes, this is just, I don't know what kind of world we're living in. She goes, this is really a twilight zone. I said, I said, twilight zone doesn't even begin to explain what we're living. <laughs> I said, it really doesn't. I'm like, this is just a really jacked up, I don't know. It's a jacked up computer program that I don't want to be a part of. Anyway, let's pray. Oh, holy volume. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day. And thank you for another day of life. No matter how crazy it gets, no matter how chaotic it will get, we know that you got our best interest at your hands, at your heart. We just pray that you continuously guide us and we'll do our best to do our part to trust in you, to have faith in you, and to always invite your son into our hearts so that he can work on us on an everyday basis and reconstruct us from the inside out. We thank you, Father, for our families, and thank you for the gift of marriage and companionship. Thank you for friends and family, and even for those that are single. We just thank you for anybody that are very close to them, because during these kind of times, we do need good companionship. We need friendship. We need unity. We need, we need people. No matter how crazy others can be, we need people, and especially those that are very close to us. So we just pray that you guide us and also guide us and give us, you know, show us the opportunities when we see a stranger and they look like they might need, you know, they might be in need of something one way or another. Talk to us, guide us so that we can, you know, be your working hand on your behalf. And so we pray all of this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's all I really got for you guys today. I'm going to try to get back here in a second. I'm going to go grab a bottle of water and we're going to do a His Hardline uh, Assembly, National Assembly update. Um, and uh, yeah, so we will be back here in a little bit. And uh, if I don't see you on the other side, we'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode of 1% with Him. Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. And don't forget the website, www.hisheartline.com. And just do me a favor, share this with friends and family. I tell you, it's, it's been so amazing to see the growth of this show. I mean, first off, I contributed all the glory to God because God's the only one that can do this. But next to, the, next to God, it's without you guys, 
that, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, this show wouldn't grow. And I'm just shocked to see just in like six or seven months since the show's inception that we're already at 23,000 downloads with only just a couple hundred, you know, subscribers. And I think that's just awesome. So I really appreciate that. So continue, if you can, do me that favor. Just share this podcast, share the website, set it up in smoke clouds, Morse code. I don't care. Um, just, you know, get the information out to people. All right. So we'll see you here on the other side. And uh, yeah, you have a good evening, afternoon or morning, wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for joining us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.